0: Welcome to Good News on Catholic Spirit Radio, a program for teens and almost teens to better understand that the gospel of Jesus Christ is relevant in their lives, and it's a place where your questions about faith and religion can be answered. And now, here's your host, Deacon Al. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to Good News here on Catholic Spirit Radio. I am Deacon Al Lundy. It's my pleasure to uh, be here for you every weekend. And uh, g- good to see you, John. How have you been? John's sitting at the board, nodding his head. Yeah, I'm fine. We just had a big, long chat about uh, things going on, and and I apologize. We talked more about my life than John's life. There's probably stuff going on for him too, and Bobby, we didn't even get person. to that. But we talked about uh, just stuff going on. It's it's been it's been a wild ride the last couple of weeks, and uh, lots going on, including I'm back in the boot. It turns out after 34 weeks, my foot, uh, the bone in my foot has not fully healed yet. And I am back in one of those uh, inflatable cast boots to uh, to wear 24-7. It's just been I mean, 34 weeks. You'd think that that guy would be like like a steel rod now, you know, but it has healed so long. But anyway, so we were just talking about how things happen and and – it's not always the best, and how do you handle that? And I think that's, it's kind of interesting because in today's readings, in our, in our second reading, uh, Paul's not in a real good place uh, at the moment, and uh, he's dealing with some problems in his life, and in our gospel reading, Jesus is dealing with some problems in his life, and, and I think there's some lessons in both of those readings for us to draw from, uh, especially today's uh, current climate. Uh, there's a lot going on uh, just around us in, in, in local politics and world politics, and it always fascinates me how uh, things don't change that much. The problems that uh, they faced in biblical times and the problems we face today are very, very similar. Uh, we're all just people, and we, we tend to have the same human flaws, make the same human mistakes uh, over and over and over again. Uh, we certainly see that in the example of the uh, Israelites uh, they're they're in trouble they go back to god things get better they leave god things get worse they go back to god things get better and you think why don't they ever learn their lesson and well we don't learn our lessons either so uh, so we'll talk a little bit ab- about that as as we go on you know something we didn't talk about last week uh, or the week before and we really probably should have. In the in the history of the church, we had a big event. We never talked about uh, the passing of uh, Pope Benedict. And he was such a unique character in that uh, being only the second pope in the history, the mm-hmm. uh, 2000 history of the church, only the second pope to ever resign. Uh, most popes uh, die in office, some um, from illness, many, 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 by uh, murder. I, a lot of people don't realize that every pope for the first 300 years died in office, and usually because they were murdered by someone or martyred, uh, either one. And uh, And so it's unusual to have a pope resign. But we saw Benedict's health decline very quickly. And uh, that that the reason he told us he was resigning... I'm a little worried about Francis. Francis hasn't looked real healthy in the last few uh, photos I've, I've seen him in. But we did lose, we lost Benedict. And a lot of people don't realize that uh, many of the papers that came out of Vatican II were written by Benedict and by John Paul II uh, before, before, when they were just um, cardinals. So those two are really responsible for a lot of the modern theology of of the Catholic Church and certainly how it's been expressed in in various writings. So uh, just a brilliant theologian, and uh, if if you're into reading any of the the letters from the various popes, their papers, um, a much easier read than Francis is a much easier read I think than John Paul too. Uh, I enjoyed reading uh, Benedict's papers. I thought they made a lot of sense and they were they were written beautifully but very direct. Um, I have, I have trouble with Pope Francis. <laughs> I really do. I'm not really sure uh, which way, uh, which side of the fence he's standing on, on, on some of his points. And I, th- I think part of that is uh, his, his Jesuit upbringing. They tend to be um, very neutral, willing to listen to both sides and not really taking a side. And I think that's, that's fine in certain roles of, of the of the Jesuit priest, but the Pope, I kind of like a Pope who says what he means, means what he says, and, and is very clear. Um, and I don't, I don't always find that in in, in Francis. And you know, it, it worries me so often that that he has to uh, speak, and then we have to wait a few days for the translator to tell us what he actually meant. <laughs> so. Um, and it's not always a bad thing when he meant, but it's just the first time he says it. I don't always understand where what he's getting at, mm-hmm. um, and then a few days later, it it, it tends to get uh, filled out a little more complete. Part of that, I think, is is a language uh, issue, uh, but part of it, I think, is just just his Jesuit style uh, that I that I have a, a difficult time with sometimes. And I know I know a, a lot of Catholics have a difficult time with that that uh, characteristic of uh, of our uh, Holy Father. So uh, what else was going on? Oh, I w- wanted to mention that on, on his deathbed, uh, what's been reported as his last words is, uh, Jesus, I love you. And it reminded me immediately of the conversation uh, with uh, Jesus and uh, St. Peter, where he asked Peter, do you love me? You know, feed my sheep. I mean this is where when when Peter is established as the first uh, bishop of Rome as the as the first what would be what would eventually be called the pope in the church he was he was making Peter the steward of this new church. And it all came from a conversation of do you love me and Peter responding yes I love you and Jesus asks him a second time do you love me and he says you know I love you. And the third time he says Jesus you know everything you know I love you. And here we have uh, this, this wonderful theologian, uh, uh, former pope, pope emeritus, on his deathbed, uh, seemingly recall that conversation. And again, in the role of Peter, responding to Jesus, Jesus, you know, I love you. So I think that what a, what a beautiful way to enter into the next life, uh, to be using the words of uh, of his predecessors, uh, for the, the the originator of the, the chair of Peter. So. Uh, we wish uh, we wish all good things for for Benedict. That uh, he rests in peace and his soul is uh, residing right now in the uh, in the loving arms of Christ in heaven. And we thank him for his his years of service to the church, uh, his short tenure of pope, but a good one, uh, a very good pope and uh, a good a good servant uh, to the flock. So, uh, uh, God God rest uh, Pope Benedict. We have uh, lots to talk about in our readings. We're heading into the third Sunday. Now, well, this is the third Sunday of Ordinary Time. It's going to be Easter before we know it. So let's let's take a breather and just relax and enjoy this this time of of just some restful learning as we prepare ourselves to enter into Lent and then finally to uh, to celebrate uh, the Feast of the Resurrection. So our readings, our first reading is the prophet Isaiah. Our second reading is from St. Paul to the Corinthians. And the third, uh, the gospel reading is, uh, is from Matthew. And it's going to recall uh, a time very early in the, uh, in the ministry of, of Jesus when something very uh, dramatic happens in his life and, and we see how he handles that. So our first reading we'll, we'll look at the first reading we'll take a short break right after that we'll come back with our our second reading and with the uh, with the gospel. So our first reading is Isaiah and listen closely because when you hear the gospel reading you're going to hear a lot of this repeated because what Isaiah is talking about people at that time are going to say well, what does this have to do with us? And what's happening is he's he's foretelling what's going to happen when when Jesus comes and the the the, the uh, similarity is amazing between what he prophesizes and what we hear uh, from from the gospel. So in our in our uh, reading from the book of the prophet Isaiah, Isaiah says, First the Lord degraded the land of Zebulun and the land of, Nef- of Naphtali, but in the end he has glorified the seaward road, the land west of the Jordan, the district of the Gentiles. And remember those, those locations that we just talked about because they're going to come up again. Anguish was taken, has taken wing. Dispelled is darkness, and there is no gloom where where now there was distress. So things have suddenly gotten better. There's there's been this great uh, relief from whatever was, was troubling the Israelites at the time, and now there's, they're uh, seeing this great renewal. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Upon those who dwelt in the land of a gloom, of, of gloom, a light has shone. And now he's talking more about the Gentiles than of the Israelites. You have brought them abundant joy and great rejoicing, as they rejoice before you as at the harvest, as people make merry when dividing spoils. For the yoke that burdened them, the pole on their shoulder, and the rod of their taskmaster, you have smashed as on the day of Midian. The word of the Lord. As I say, that, at the time that Isaiah said these things, it didn't make a lot of sense to people, but then... Once you hear our gospel, you think, oh my gosh, that's that's everything that Isaiah was speaking of. So our, our second reading is going to be uh, from Paul, and we're going to hear that as soon as we get back from these messages. You're listening to Good News on Catholic Spirit Radio. Stay tuned. Good News will be right back on Catholic Spirit Radio. If you have a preschool or kindergartner, St. Mary's Catholic School in Bloomington invites you to its open house Thursday, February 9th from 5 to 6.30 p.m. Visit the school to hear about the three- and four-year-old programs, which offers small class sizes, weekly mass, kindergarten Spanish, and lunches prepared on site. Attend our preschool and kindergarten open house February 9th and be entered for a $1,000 tuition credit. Love, live, learn, and serve as Christ taught us is a way of life at St. Mary's School in Bloomington. Learn more about your Christian family tree. Catholic Spirit Radio and Historic St. Mary's Church in Bloomington invite you to a study on the Bible and the Church Fathers. Attend via Zoom or in person beginning February 16th. With 12 beautifully produced lessons and group discussions, you'll meet the great fathers of our church and learn what they believed. Register with Coordinator Anthony Pacora at 309-750-9062. Learn more at catholicspiritradio.org. And welcome back to Good News. I'm Deacon Ann. I'm a permanent deacon here in the Peoria Diocese. And we come to you every Saturday and Sunday evening on Catholic Spirit Radio, and we invite you to be part of the program by sending in your questions. We have our own little email bag here where you can write in questions about, your, about the Catholic faith or your Christian faith, any questions you might have, things you agree with with the Church, things you disagree with, uh, within the church, and we'll be glad to discuss any of those. Uh, you can write to us at goodnews at catholicspiritradio.com, and we'd be glad to share your questions on the air. So we have our first reading uh, that we talked about before the break was from Isaiah, and things have been kind of gloomy at the time, and Isaiah has, has said things are things are about to get so much better. And even in our psalm, uh, the Responsorial Psalm from the 3rd uh, Sunday of ordinary time uh, that we're celebrating this weekend is the Lord is my light and my salvation. And that's what Isaiah is talking about is Is the coming of, of the Messiah is going to change everything that this darkness that has settled on, on the Israelites and actually on all of mankind due to sin is about to be lifted uh, by the presence of Christ. And so we go to the uh, to Paul, uh, writing to the Corinthians, the church in Corinth was just, boy, it was just a mess. There was always crazy stuff going on there. And Paul was, uh, seemed constantly to be uh, having to write letters to fix problems. And that's, that's the same place we're at today with, with him. He says, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all you agree to in what you say and that there is no divisions among you. But that you be united in the same mind and in the same purpose. For it has been reported to me about you, my brothers and sisters, by Cleo's people, that there are rivalries among you. I mean that each of you is saying, I belong to Paul, or I belong to Apollos, or I belong to Cephas, or I belong to Christ. Is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you? Or were you baptized in the name of Paul? Paul? For Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel, and not with the wisdom of human eloquence, so that the cross of Christ might not be emptied of its meaning. You know, a lot of people talk about Paul, that uh, suggesting that he taught a different gospel than Christ. And and I think in this reading, we see very specifically, Paul is saying, it's not about me. It's all about Christ. Don't say you follow me. I didn't die for you. That wasn't, that wasn't my role. I'm here to teach you about Jesus who did die for you, who gave his life that you might have life everlasting. And don't say you follow me or you follow Paul, that's who Cephas is, or Apollos, who was kind of a false preacher at the time. Um, you say, forget all that. Stick, stick with the one we're talking about. Stay with Christ. Be Christ-centered. And don't take sides. I see this lesson being applied today to... Uh, to a lot of us, in our relationships with each other, because we let things divide us that are not the central the, the central issues. Uh, an easy way to point to that is uh, politics. Oh, I'm a liberal, you're a conservative. I'm Democrat, you're Republican. Blah 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 blah. You know, I'm for this, you're 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 for that, and we let that cloud the fact that we are all God's children. We are all created created by the same God who loves all of us and who through our baptism we become brothers and sisters to one another and that's what our focus should be our focus should be on who we are in our relationship with Christ and how that affects our relationship with each other and we 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 are so quick to throw that aside and stop focusing on our relationship with each other as children of God and take on these artificial things like politics to divide us, I, mean, I think, I think the evil one has, a, has finds great comfort and joy in world politics and and seemingly in U.S. politics specifically. So, uh, I just think that's something we we need to be more aware of and more cautious with. What divides you from the people you work with? What divides you from the people you go to school with? Uh, your the uh, other people in your neighborhood. Your what are you letting get getting in the way of showing your love for your neighbor because you let these really unimportant elements in our world cloud that relationship? I think it's time to put those aside and say, you know, we may not agree on this issue. But there are other things we can agree on. Let's, let's focus more on those. Let's, let's build those up. Let's build up that relationship through what we, what we could do together rather than what we disagree with. And you might find that some of those disagreements are more a matter of miscommunications or misunderstandings uh, than anything else. And that, that that rift can be healed, just like Paul's saying to the church in Corinth, uh, you know, Christ Christ wasn't divided— stop being divided uh, over him or letting other things divide you uh, from him. The, uh, I, I found the, the gospel really uh, speaking to me this weekend in that uh, Jesus is not having a, a really good uh, day. And how does he handle that? So let's let's look into that for a moment. In our gospel from Matthew, We read, When Jesus heard that John, this is John the Baptist, that John had been arrested, he withdrew to Galilee. He left Nazareth and went to Capernaum uh, by the sea, in the region of Zebulun and Naphtali, as we talked about in, in our first reading, and what had what had been said through Isaiah the prophet might be fulfilled. The land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, the way to the sea beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, The people who sit in the darkness have seen a great light, and those dwelling in a land overshadowed by death, light has arisen. From that time on, Jesus began to preach and say, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. As he was walking by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who is called Peter, and his brother Andrew, casting a net into the sea. They were fishermen. He said to them, Come after me, and I will make you fishers of men. At once they left their nets and followed him. He walked along from there and saw two other brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and his brother John. They were in a boat with their father Zebedee mending their nets. And he called them, and immediately they left their boat and their father and followed him. He went all around Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom, and curing every disease and illness among the people. The gospel of the Lord. So, there's, there's a lot in this gospel. Uh, it, it kind of condenses an entire day of what was happening with Jesus as he was walking along the shoreline and brings it down to just a few paragraphs. But it starts with when Jesus heard the news that John, this is his cousin, John the Baptist, had been arrested. He withdrew to Galilee. Now, that's not where John was. He didn't withdraw to go help John. John was in Jerusalem in, 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 a, in a dungeon uh, one of Herod's dungeons. And, uh, but I think what's, what's interesting is, what do you think was going through Jesus' mind when he heard that John had been arrested? He, he couldn't have been very happy about that. Um, this is, some, this is his, his cousin who had spent his whole life uh, preparing uh, the Israelites for the, for the coming of, of Christ, uh, the coming of the Messiah. So he's very important to Jesus's ministry. And now he's been arrested, thrown in a dungeon uh, because he spoke out against the sins of, of Herod. And Jesus must have been very upset. So what's the first thing he did? He, he pulled away and found a quiet place. He, he pulled away from everyone and, and, and went somewhere else. So what do you think he was doing there? He was praying. I think that, that, to me, that, that seems pretty obvious. He went off and he's praying for John. He, he he's praying for the protection of John. He's he's praying uh, that uh, that he not suffer. And how often you know what what's our response when things go wrong in our lives? We get bad news, or we hear something bad about uh, a, a coworker or a friend. What do we do about that? How do we react? And I think this is a great lesson for us to pull back a little bit and think about what's happened and why it happened and offer, offer this in prayer to God for the protection and the healing of that, that other person. So after he's done this, now he, he realizes things, have to, things are going to change in his life as well, not just in, in John's life. Then now with John out of the picture, uh, because of his arrest, it's important that what John had begun continues. And 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 that's what Jesus is there to do is to continue that message, uh, in even a greater form than than John had had begun it. And so now, what we read here in in Matthew is really the beginning of the gathering of of Jesus's apostles uh, to begin his uh, his ministry. And I I always kind of feel I, I always think it's kind of funny when we read about how uh, Peter and Andrew, James and John uh, joined joined up. You know, if you think about if you think about who the apostles were, here's Jesus. Here's here's God incarnate. I mean, the, the perfection in, incarnate. So you would think when he gathered up a workforce to carry out his mission, he might pick some really good, talented people to help. Uh, this is, you, you look at who these people were that were apostles, and you think, could Could Jesus had picked a worse bunch of people? I mean, let's start with Judas. No prize there. I mean, he's a criminal. He's a thief. He stole from Jesus. I mean, how bad can you get, right? Matthew, a traitor, hated by his neighbors because he was complicit with the, with the Romans, uh, collecting taxes and cheating people out of their money to give to Rome and to enrich himself. Uh, Matthew is no, the writer of this, of this gospel, uh, no great catch at the time. And speaking of not great catches— Let's look at, at Peter and, and his brother Andrew and the brothers James and John. These were lousy fishermen. I'm sorry, but you, you read through Scripture, and just about every time you read about them in a boat, what does it say? They fished all night and caught nothing. I mean, there's, there's examples over and over of the apostles, especially when they talk about the, the ones who were, who were the fishermen, and, and oftentimes the other apostles were in the boats with them helping that unless Jesus came along or until he came and, and joined that scenario, it, it talks about, well, they fished all morning and caught nothing. They fished all night and caught nothing. Here they are. They're fishing on one side of the boat. They're getting nothing. And some carpenter comes along and says, hey, you, you dummies, throw the note over on the other side. That's where all the fish are. You'd think they'd know. these are These are, you know— this was their job, was, was to understand how the fish worked. And these guys were lousy fishermen. No wonder when Jesus said, hey, drop everything and come with me. And they said, yeah, sure. Because they, they weren't doing any good in their in their uh, occupation. So in, in this situation, yeah, both uh, Peter and Andrew, as soon as Jesus said, follow me, said, yeah. James and John, the same thing. They dropped everything, left their father, left their, their uh, business uh, just to follow Christ. Now, that's not to say this is the first time they ever met him. Uh, Jesus was no stranger to the shoreline. He'd, he'd been down there many times. He knew who these people were. They knew who he was. He would already started some preaching. But as he gathers this group up, this is a really kind of a rough group to, to gather to do what what he needed them to do. Not tremendously educated people. Uh, not, not known for their uh, uh, theology. Not not known for their participation uh, in the in the Jewish community as as far as preachers, and here they are jumping in uh, with with uh, with Jesus's ministry. And yet, look look how it turned out. I think our whole faith is this um, he, these huge contrasts. Uh, you, you would think that God would come as a great king. He comes as an and as as an innocent child in a poor family. You'd think that Jesus would be some conquering hero. He died on a cross beaten and, and scourged that hardly looks like a victory. and yet two thousand years from the, from then uh, we're still following him. we're still looking to him for answers in in our world today and and rightly so because as, as you go through this you you understand uh, how how much truth is is in these uh, in these scriptures mm-hmm. and how we're going to see, in, in next week's reading, especially, how these contrasts really make us stronger. It's not the powerful who are the most mighty, it's, it's the ones who share the most love, who have the greatest humility, who have the, uh, the greatest patience, the greatest concern for others, that eventually uh, end up as, as the, the ones who are most influential. In our society, then and and even today. So take some time, read through the scripture, see what they're what they're really talking about, understand that how they how they interlink with each other. But more than anything, understand that uh, no matter what you think of of yourself or your neighbor, um, there's more there. Don't let, don't let these differences divide us, and don't let what you think is a weakness. Um, don't don't get caught up in that and understand. That oftentimes in our lives, what seems like a weakness is actually a a strength. And remember that when things get tough, pull away a little bit. Go find a quiet place to pray. God loves you, And, uh, and so do I. May Almighty God bless you, protect you from all evil, and bring you to everlasting life. We'll talk to you next week here on Catholic Spirit Radio. You've been listening to Good News on Catholic Spirit Radio. Program for teens and almost teens to better understand that the gospel of Jesus Christ is relevant in your life. Submit your questions to Deacon Al at goodnews@catholicspiritradio.com. At That's goodnews@catholicspiritradio.com. Deacon will answer your questions about faith and religion. Thank you for listening to Good News on Catholic Spirit Radio.